The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius's Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass gingerbread man soap that you can enjoy without going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs, that is. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B. B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. You'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Are you Gus's son? I'm Owen. You the shower curtain fella? Yeah. Yeah, Del Griffin. How are you? This is Neil Page from Chicago. Hi. Pleased to meet you both. <coughs> I'm to drive you to Wichita to catch a train? Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Train don't run out of Wichita. Hmm? Unless you're a hog or a cattle. People train runs out of stub bill. That'll be fine. That'll be, That'll great. be just fine. Oh. Oh, leave it be. Get your lazy behind out here and put that trunk up in the back. Oh no, no, the word we've got it. It's very heavy. She don't mind. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby? Come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. Isn't that something? You're a real trooper. We've got it. We've got We've it already. Got it. It's done. Happy Thanksgiving. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Monday, November 21, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. See, we got a new intro. Yeah, we do. It's awesome. I love this. I'm going to play it again. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. <laughs> Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by <laughs> BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. That's because I can never really take a vacation, can I? This is true. <laughs> I was got to be doing something. And I was cracking up because I didn't even write down what date it was. I have to, you know what? That's how inept I am. I have to write down, before every show, I have to write the date down on my show sheet here, my prep sheet, and I didn't. I'm still looking at Wednesday, November 9. Yeah, that's not good. No, not good at all. It's actually the 21st of November. And Any, anything, anything changed in your world since then? Uh, not really. I still wake up in the middle of the night terrified, uh, you know, about the idea. <laughs> I've got no joke here. I, I wish I had a joke response to what you just asked me. But I still wake up in the middle of the night going, Donald Trump, Q, 
Cuban Missile Crisis scenario. What the hell's going to happen? You know, crap like that. I keep game. Yeah. You know what I keep doing? I keep gaming out scenarios in my head in which everything goes to piss. I've, <laughs> I've actually I've tried not to. I've yeah. I've sort of crossed my fingers and and uh, kind of hoping that. I mean, the problem is that Donald Trump, the existence of Donald Trump, is yeah. a catalyst for disaster. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, what I was going to say is that I, I sit and I kind of. I cross my fingers and I just hope that nothing bad happens. Yep. I just, in other words, I hope that like somehow we get through four years and you know what? There aren't any major, like <laughs> there aren't any major world events for him to respond to and to respond badly to. Yeah. No. And yet, and no. yet he is that major world event that is going to create awfulness. That's right. That's right. I mean, plus he's, he's going to create chaos and disaster. And any hope that I had that Donald Trump was going to surround himself with smart reasonable centered people just flew right out the door. I mean, there, there was a very teeny tiny hope that that, that would actually occur. But now that we've seen who he's picking to surround himself with Reince Priebus, Mike Flynn, Steve Bannon, Jeff Sessions. This is the brain trust folks. These are the puppeteers (laughs) running the forthcoming (sighs) Trump administration. It's hard to say that without getting the douche chills. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, I I, I I keep sitting here thinking, as I'm scrolling, because of course, as I was saying before, I can't take a vacation. I just can't. I, I was on Twitter all goddamn week. Like an no, idiot. No, I just, I kind of, I mean, I, well, I was working, but. But I had to. I had to drop out a little bit. I just. I can't for yeah. my own sanity. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, I. I can, I can come roaring back. I'm happy to do that. But aside from a couple pieces I wrote for Banter, I'm. I'm. I was. I. You know. I took some time. Tried to take a little bit of time off. I. I really wish I could have. But it's like it's one of those things where I can't look away. It's like after 9/11, I couldn't turn off the news. I had to keep watching. And in this case, it was. I. I just. I had so many things swirling around my head. I had to blurt them out on Twitter. Otherwise, my head would have exploded. And the thing that kept running through my head as I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed endlessly throughout this past week is um, as I'm seeing all these news stories come down, it's again, it's the tennis ball machine. Once again, Stephanie Miller came up with the greatest analogy for what happens in Trump world, and it's a tennis ball machine. We're constantly bombarded with bullshit. It's like one thing after another. And every time I would see one of those things come down, I'm going, why isn't this news story? Like I turn on MSNBC. Why isn't this news story uh, headlined with this phrase? What the fuck is this shit? It seems like every news story that comes down should be prefaced with the phrase, what the fuck is this shit? Like literally everything. Oh, Jeff Sessions is going to be the attorney general. What the fuck is this shit? I feel like like Brian Williams should start a news story and say, Mike Flynn will be the national security advisor. What the fuck is this shit? (laughs) You know what I mean? Steve Bannon is going to be a senior advisor. He's going to be in the Oval Office with Donald Trump. And Reince Priebus, of all people, can't... But he won't be in the Oval Office, because Trump isn't going to go to the Oval Office. No, he's he's going to continue to do, you know, all government business from this fucking garish tower. Right, from his gilded 87th floor of the Trump Tower, a skyscraper that he built that has his name on it, because he's a man of the people. Exactly. (laughs) Again, and that's one of those things, you know, I just came back from Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I was there for 10 days. Oh my God. And and you know what, I mean, look, St. Louis is a cool town, uh, but, you know, yeah, you get outside of there by not far, and and you run into, it's, it's special. 
Yeah. And, and it just uh, the Trump signs everywhere, and and all I could think of was you know all these people these people in really rural Missouri with these Trump signs. Mm-hmm. All I could think was this guy has spent his entire career building buildings designed to keep you out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Designed to keep you as far <laughs> away from him and his friends as possible. Him and those like him. Yeah, that's right. And I'm wondering, you were dumb enough. You were dumb enough. To fall for that. Did you talk to anybody? Did you talk to any Trump? Did you bump into anyone who? <laughs> no, I didn't. Was, the one thing I wasn't going to do is talk politics. I mean, I talked yeah. politics with a couple of people, but that was within the city, and they, you know, the safe you space. Get, you get what city. you expect in the city. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's looking crazy right now. I mean, just absolutely crazy. I was hoping that something, uh, maybe some ray of sunshine would would strike through, and and no, no, sometimes no. <laughs> it would be okay. But it's not, it's just, you know, oh, Trump took credit for Ford keeping its auto plant in Kentucky. What the fuck is this? It's like, again, it's one thing after another. That's what we have to steal ourselves for, because this is going to keep happening. It's going to be the tennis ball machine. We're going to keep having to field these things. And what I'm noticing is a lot of squabbling happening. Like, oh, why are you talking about Trump's reaction to the Hamilton protest why aren't you talking about this other thing so it's gonna be a lot of that why are we prioritizing which trump awfulness is the most awful it's all gonna you know we're gonna have to field it all we're gonna have to deal with every last bit of it that i mean right. that's exactly but, and the, how it's gonna question, have to go but the question remains in, about the tennis ball machine whether it's going to be like the campaign where it yeah. will be so much overwhelming terribleness that really there's no way to to effectively defend against it that's right because how do you how do you do that how do you you know trump has figured out the secret which is that you know if you commit one two three sins Mm -hmm. it's man they they can eat you alive if you are nothing but one gigantic sin yeah there's nothing anybody can do about it. That's right. And, and my concern, too, is that in that tennis ball machine scenario, which is already starting, that the people who voted for Trump aren't going to realize they're not going to be able to fully see the disaster that is going to land not. in their own laps. I mean, it's really going to be I mean, they have hurt themselves in this. I mean, they will have uh, effectively, in many cases, taken away their own health care. Stupid, <laughs> stupid idiots. That's, I mean, that's my main thing, and I, I, I wasn't going to get to this. I was actually planning on this for the uh, post-mortem show later, but I wanted to talk about the Trump supporters, and I just, I feel like, uh, the Trump voters, and I just feel like saying, fuck you, Trump voters. I mean, that's really, oh, yeah. my, my, my reaction Look, throughout I'm the not, past two weeks has been, fuck you, Trump voters. I, I mean, said it from the very beginning, yeah. I am not, I am not um, playing nice. I'm not saying that, you know, give him yeah. a chance. I'm not saying, oh, you know, economic anxiety. That's what was, you know, I don't care about any of it. I don't care. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. He deserves to be called out at every single turn. He yep. deserves nothing. He deserves no quarter, no mercy, no nothing. And the people who voted for him are goddamn idiots. That's what I've been saying. No quarter, no quarter for Trump voters. And I just, I, you know, I understand and I, I, I fully grasp the wisdom behind the idea of, well, let's, let's reach out. But you know what? You have to reach out under the, proper terms here and and there's there's not a solid narrative coming from uh those voices the people who say we we should we should try some outreach to we should 
why haven't the Democrats done a better job at speaking to the white blue collar voters who didn't who flipped from Obama to Trump between 2012 and 2016? And my reaction to that is, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, look, if this was about just blue collar voters, if this was about working class voters, then African-American working class voters would have swung over to Trump, then Latino uh, working class voters would have switched over to Trump. Then, uh, then women of of all races should have switched over to Trump at that level of income or lower. Uh, but that didn't happen. It was just hmm, just white working class voters, white blue collar voters in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and and uh, Wisconsin. So these are obviously we haven't done a good job talking what to people who voted on on grievances and. And and basically, they they voted for a couple of reasons, and I think they're it's grievances, it's racism, and it's just this natural, ridiculous, self destructive idea that well, we had a Democrat for president for eight years, let's go with this crazy person. Let's just you know what? Let's gargle with broken glass. Why don't we do? That? Because we had, oh, there was too yeah. much decency in the White House. We got you know what? Let's go with a com- complete Twitter troll. Let's go with that. So it can't be about the working class since non-white voters also make less than $50,000 per year. This is what happens. This is about rejecting cultural change. This is about people who feel like the nation left them behind. Now, this is another one of my big problems. This is one of the things I've been obsessing about for the last, at least the last week while we were off, certainly the last two weeks. Which is, I'm, I'm sick of hearing that they were definitively left behind. Trump's interview with Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes a week ago Sunday. Leslie Stahl actually said the words, they were left behind. The nation left them behind as if, as if it definitively happened. As if white, blue-collar voters were legitimately left behind by the world. First of all, if that was the case, why should we drag them along? What They need spoon-fed? What the hell? Get with the program. You don't run around saying the N-word. You don't run around saying we should deport Muslims or whatever the, the, the Trump ridiculousness of the day happens to be. That's bad behavior, and it's, it's up to grown-ups to change their bad behavior. It's not up to me and Chez to convince them that their racism is stupid and awful. It's not up to us. It's not up to Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton to tell them that. Or were they talking about being economically left behind or left behind culturally? But both, I guess, left behind in, in, in every because, way, shape, and form. But the, the thing is, thing. I mean, I, I, but that's just it. It's their feelings reflected back on them. That's what Leslie Stahl was doing rather than just saying, well, they may feel that way, but that doesn't happen to be the case. Right. That's my. I mean, look, you know what? Again, I just came back from Missouri and I was spent a lot of time in rural Missouri. And look, you know what? Poor is poor. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And and I don't. And here's the thing. You know what? A lot of what we see, we see through the lens of uh, sort of cosmopolitan uh, politics, mm-hmm. whether it's liberalism or even conservatism. We see it through a certain lens. So I don't know how much. I mean, unless unless they just live off of Fox News, which they probably do. I don't know how much of like, let's say what's going on on college campuses right now. I don't know how much middle America in the middle of nowhere really sees that and really has an idea. But I can. Yeah. And I'm, by the way, I'm not sticking up for anybody here, but I can understand how you would feel incredibly insulted if you were some poor white piece of shit 
And meanwhile, you have these kids saying, oh, you know what, you're, but you're, you're much more privileged than me. You yeah. got to check that. Because yeah. that's like that, come on, that's not, again, poor is poor. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, yes, is it worse off to be black in America or to be, you know, to be uh, uh, someone who is uh, a quote unquote minority or someone who is quote unquote marginalized? Of course it is. Yeah. But that's got to suck. And I do think that that's something that the left, you know, and here's, as I'm, as I'm going off on a tangent here, here's something that I never like about events like this. Yeah. No matter how hard we try, you, me, all of us, we always see these things through the prism of our own experience, yep. you know, and we, and we find boogeymen where we're looking for them. Mm-hmm. In other words, I, I watched, you know, I watched this election happen and there is a part of me that's like, it's a, it's a response to political correctness. Yep. I mean, and when I say political correctness, I don't just mean, Hey, you know, I'm not allowed to say or f- it anymore. Right. I'm talking about like, look, what's going on on campus, you know, those kids and, and their intersectionality and all that crap. But I do think that this is one of those times when, and I said it from the very beginning, the first thing I wrote about the Trump, uh, the Trump win was that it has to stop because we're at a point now where this bolt, this phony oppression that we've come up with for a really long time, because we've had the privilege of, you know, of being angry over things like microaggressions, that's gone away now. We're now in the era in the era of genuine oppression and one big fucking macroaggression. Yeah. So stop bitching about every little thing. Well, and I, I do, mean, I I do think there's room for for that, but I do think that in a broader sense, you're you're exactly right. I I think that focus needs to uh, to, to be recalibrated toward a Donald Trump presidency and all of the terrible terrible things that are going to occur as part of that. And I do. I, there's a lot of wisdom in, in focusing directly in on that. I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's absolutely true. I mean, because there's there's so many things. I, I think I think we're all still in shock. And as as lucid as you might feel right now, as lucid as I might feel right now, and and everyone who listens to our show, I still believe that we're not fully grasping how truly bad this is going to be. And I, you know, and again, I don't want to turn this into. Uh, you know, Bob and Chez do nothing but uh, talk doom and gloom for an for whatever it is three four hours a week from now for the next I guess right. through the next four years. But the fact of the matter is that I do think we need to be realistic about what's what's coming down the pike. Absolutely, and I think what we know and, and all we can do is go based on how Donald Trump campaigned and how we can expect that to all play out and what the uh, the Internet environment's going to be like, what I think a lot of Trump voters are going to be like for the next, uh, at least the next couple of years until it finally dawns upon them what kind of incompetence they elevated. Right. I mean, yeah. there, but I mean, I, I do think that there's wisdom in the idea of being prepared for what's going to be coming down. And I think there's going to be Terrible, terrible things coming down. I mean, we're, we're already looking at, and one of the things I want to talk about on the show today is uh, a complete repeal of Obamacare. And and again, this is not just, you know, one message coming out of the Trump White House. We're seeing the Trump White House. Jesus, God. I know. I know just, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it terrifying? I know. Yeah. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's something, I, let's just stop right here and say it. Because it needs to be said immediately. It needs to be telegraphed throughout this this great nation of this once great nation of ours. Right. None of this is normal. Nope. It's the same thing that that uh, uh, you know uh, John Oliver's been saying. It's the same thing that so many have been saying. Never normalize this. This, this is guy not is normal. not normal. That's right. Do not consider him. Do not consider him a normal president. Don't look at him and go, oh well, I hope for the best. 
you don't. He's yeah. not, it's not going to be the best. Yeah, I mean, none no. of this is no. You can look at your, we're going to talk about Trump's Twitter feed uh, after we come back from a break. We're going to look at that Twitter feed, for God's sake. All those little tweets that he threw out there over the weekend. That's not normal. None of that crap is normal. This is, I mean, we're, we're into brand new territory. There is nothing predict. And I think that's why it, this is so disconcerting because it's not only an opposition, not only a Republican administration coming in wanting to uh, uh, change a lot of things policy wise, but they're behaving in a way that is inconsistent with previous uh, incoming White Houses. This is terrifying to me. We're we're so outside of the mainstream. We're so far beyond what can be predicted or what can be uh, determined in terms of how the the next administration is going to be. There are just certain standard things that every administration does that this administration isn't going to do. They're not going to fall within those confines. And and that's how it's starting. I mean, that they didn't just work into that or earn that kind of latitude. Right. This is how it's beginning, as if they have a mandate, as if Donald Trump didn't lose the popular vote by 1.5 million votes and counting. And if you look at the uh, the states that swung the Electoral College, basically 100,000 votes in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. 100,000 votes. Good yeah. God. America is just about to find out that elections have consequences. It doesn't matter whether you voted uh, Republican or voted Democrat. You, you vote for the wrong guy, you're going to get f***ed. And there are going to be millions of people who are going to get f***ed by this, by this administration. There are going to be Trump supporters who are going to get f***ed. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, just saying... It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, I thought about bringing in this music as the, uh, as the new Trump music. But you yeah. know what? This is, too, this is too dignified for what it it's going to be. It really is. What, what I need is someone to make like a calliope clown car version of the Imperial March. That's what I need someone to make for the show. And we'll just use that because... And I scoured... I Trust me, I scoured YouTube trying to find one. I couldn't, couldn't find a... A like silly a, a, clown a, a car kazoo, version. A kazoo version. A kazoo version. <laughs> yes. You know what? I bet I could find that. Yep. I bet that exists. I'll bet that. And if not, I guarantee by, by this afternoon, one of our listeners will have uh, sent this one. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I absolutely need a kazoo version. All right. All right. So we're going to take a, a short break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about healthcare. We're going to talk about Trump University. Got to talk about creeping autocracy. Well, not creeping autocracy. Full on autocracy is going to happen. Going to happen right here. You say it can't happen in the United States. Oh, it sure as can happen in the United States. We're already on the way. Uh, short break. Back with more show right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra and it helps support the show and if you run a small business and source your materials from amazon make sure to use the link for all your purchases and don't forget to bookmark it thanks so much for supporting the show and our amazon link the bob and chez show presented by bubblegenius.com welcome back we're, we're on monday today it's monday Thanksgiving just around the corner, so we thought we'd uh, shift everything back uh, one day and do the show on Monday and Wednesday. So we'll have another show for you on Wednesday, right before the uh, Thanksgiving break. 
uh, suffice to say, there will not be an after party this week. Yeah. But, uh, you know. And then we'll come back from the uh, the break, and I'll have... Uh, I will say to say it. The song will be more Christmas. The uh, show will be more Christmassy after the break. After the, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to go absolutely nuts like I have in previous years, but, you know, there'll be, <laughs> you'll hear some Christmas, Christmas things in the show. What do you think? Forward. Let me ask you. I was thinking about this last night. What do you think Trump's inauguration is going to look like? Uh, that's, I mean, that's I, I'm one talking of the about in terms of, I'm talking about in terms of, of protests and violence and, you know, Chaos in the streets. Remember, remember the two thousand inaugural, the two thousand one inauguration, January two thousand one, where they're like they're egging Dick Cheney's limousine and crap yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I imagine a lot of that. I mean, there's already going to be uh, protest marches being organized. I, obviously, there's going to be a crowd. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people. that's going to show that are going to show up. But I think the entire parade route is going to be treacherous for Trump. And I'm not I'm not saying this necessarily as a threat. I'm just saying this as a as an observation. I do believe that in order to stop this administration, you know, again, a lot of us are going to have to change in terms of our point of view. And one of the one of the things that I'm adjusting to is um, as someone who hasn't really been into the idea or the or, or uh, support of the efficacy of protest marches. I've completely changed my tune on that one. I absolutely think that any protest march that occurs is going to be a good one because anything. Yeah, that- but but, you know, my my here's my opinion on protest marches. And I saw one in St. Louis, by the way. Um, my opinion on protest marches is fantastic. Yeah. Do it. Go yeah, for it. Right. But let me tell you something, kids. If you're out there for the march and you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, fuck you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You. What was the number from one of the protest marches? The Los Angeles one was something like half of the people pro- or half of the protesters didn't vote in the election. What the hell is that? Because I mean, again, it's, it's so easy to protest. It actually is. It's fun. I mean, it's more fun. It's exciting. At least it's more exciting than just, you know, standing in line for an hour and not being able to tweet about it and then yeah. going in and, you know, pulling a lever, so to speak. Well, this is going to be a feature of the left moving forward. This is going to be one of the things that we always do. Um, and not moving forward, actually. This is something that always happens and will continue to happen, which is the left will pick up on news stories after it's too late. It'd be like with Wendy Davis, where, oh, yeah, oh, there's someone filibustering uh, an anti-abortion law in Texas. It's the 11th hour. It's already kind of too late. Well, let's all, let's all jump on board. <laughs> well, where were you, you know, two weeks ago when the bill was being introduced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is going to continue to happen. Um, as we move forward through this uh, ongoing barrage, you know, uh, of of Trump things, of of legislation, of of things that are going to be mentioned, things that are going to be said on Twitter, executive orders, yeah. all of it. And I, yeah. I really think the left, as far as the the activist left goes, needs to be on top of the legislative calendar. They need to be on top of the, the schedule of events for what Trump is going to do in a given day. Hopefully that that information will be... We don't even know if that's going to be released information. We don't even know if Trump is going to allow the press inside the White House. Yeah. I mean, will, yeah. the, pre- will the press room even be occupied by members? Of, we don't even know. So actually, as I say these things, who knows? <laughs> who knows whether they're actually going to occur? Who knows whether we'll know what's happening behind the scenes? Because what we know is that Donald Trump intends to have a very, very secretive presidency. Of course he does. There's going to be, I mean, you talk, everyone's criticizing Barack Obama. It's not transparent enough. Oh yeah, but where do you see the next administration? The, uh, I really enjoy the the quote uh, the quote from Peru um, 
the speech that that Obama gave in Peru, where he basically yep. essentially said, he's like, you know, he may lead some sort of, you know, he, he's not just going to go quietly into the night after his presidency. Yeah. He may be kind of a democratic leader in speaking out against Trump, which I think would be badass. I really hope so. I mean, he's staying in Washington. I hope the Obamas don't keep their mouths shut. I, I hope both uh, President Obama and Michelle Obama spend the next four years rallying the Democrats, keeping, you know, being sort of the uh, the emeritus leaders of the Democratic Party. I, I really, really hope that happens because we need that kind of leadership, if only to prioritize what to focus on, and if only to call out the Trump administration from a place of authority, from a place of knowledge in terms of how things are supposed to be done. Now, I do hope that in the, uh, in the near term that Barack Obama continues to offer some sort of counsel to Donald Trump and say, well, this is how we're supposed to do things when you're president of the United States. And I hope he at least offers that because what we know is that Donald Trump doesn't know jack motherfucking shit about he's an idiot being about politics, about the Constitution, about anything that you do as president of the United States. He's going to have to be spoon fed Donald, little baby Donald Trump, little baby Donald Trump with his little baby tweets. Poor Donald Trump was so offended by uh, the cast of Hamilton that he had to go on Twitter the very next day to demand apologies from theater actors and to talk about how the theater is supposed to be literally he used the words safe space not ironically not as not as satire or parody of any form (laughs) he's not that clever this was literal like he was really upset about the the cast of hamilton Telling, being absolutely polite in every way, shape, right, and form yeah, to Mike exactly. Pence, who happened to be in attendance, sitting up there in the box, in the box seats. This is what happened. In case you haven't heard it yet, this is the, uh, this is, I guess, the the guy who plays Hamilton directly addressing uh, Mike Pence. Uh, what was it? Saturday night. <laughs> We have a we have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. And I encourage everybody to pull out your phones and tweet and post because this message needs to be spread far and wide, okay? Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Musical. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet our parents or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. All of us. Yeah, you know, that's all well and good. <laughs> He's not. He's not. He's not going to be nice. And, you know, Trump uh, has said that uh, that same-sex marriage is now part of the law and that he has no real intention of... Freddie, Freddie DeBoer had a, had a great comment on Twitter where yeah. he's, you know, basically looking at the, at the uh, complete worthlessness of that entire exchange. Yeah. He's like, uh, uh, you know, or in, in basically of uh, uh, Trump's response to it. He says he's like, he's like a fascist dictator going up against a bunch of Wesleyan drama kids. If ever there was that was partisanship <laughs> at its finest, yeah. you know, worthless partisanship. Just nobody's going to listen to anybody. Nobody's going to care. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, uh, Trump 
Trump did say in his 60 Minutes interview that Obergfell is the rule of law now, that it's here to stay. But the fact of the matter is that Donald Trump also said that he's going to appoint judges who will overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, any judge who's going to overturn Roe v. Wade is probably going to want to overturn Obergfell as well. I assure you, this is going to be very, very, very bad. Very bad in so many ways. In the in the long term, this is going to be horrible. But uh, in reacting to uh, in reacting to the the Hamilton cast being extraordinarily polite to Mike Pence, a lot more polite yeah. than I would be. The mood I'm in right now, when it comes to Trump and his people, I would have just been f you and go f yeah. yourself. Get, you, get him out of here. <laughs> you, oh my God! It would have been like a Trump rally. Yeah, I, I get him out of here. Yeah, I, I totally would have would have went off with every four letter word I could possibly muster. And and these people were extraordinarily polite, given the fact that Mike Pence has has supported uh, uh, conversion therapy and uh, praying the gay away, and just all kinds of terrible, terrible anti gay legislation and policies and things in Indiana. That uh, you know it was. <laughs> Kind of drove me nuts yesterday. Joe Scarborough compared Barack Obama's posture on same-sex marriage in 2008 with Mike Pence's posture on same-sex marriage today. There is no comparison whatsoever between those two things. And Joe Scarborough is being an, an effing moron if he thinks there is any uh, a comparison between those things. But Donald Trump, nevertheless, went on to uh, Twitter the next day and just started whining. And you yeah. know what? But it wasn't just whining. I'm seeing everything right now through this this autocratic prism. This idea that Donald Trump is going to be uh, is going to abuse every executive power and then make some up and then abuse those. And and this was just a warning sign. The way he behaved. This has never happened before. Again, what Chez was saying. This is not normal. He writes here on Twitter, the theater must always be a safe and special place. The cast of Hamilton was very rude last night to a very good man, Mike Pence. Apologize! Exclamation mark. Apologize. Our wonderful future VP Mike Pence was harassed last night at the theater by the cast of Hamilton. Cameras blazing. This should not happen! Exclamation mark. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm giving up trying to predict. Yeah. But I, but I do have to wonder what it's got to be because for somebody who loves to be beloved the way that Trump does, he's managed to – for most of his campaign, he managed to seal himself off in a bubble. Yeah. You know, he managed to, uh, you know, go only places where people would love him. And, you know, sometimes people protested, but he would have him thrown out. Mm-hmm. You know, he would, he would, he would pay, pay attention only to the, to, uh, to the, the, you know, the sort of bubble type people who just love the crap out of him. Yeah. But now he's dealing with – uh, like half the country that just despises him. Yep. And yeah, I'm again, wondering how he's going to handle that, if at all. It's more than half the country. It's half the yeah, country right. p- plus a million and a half. Right. <laughs> as plus far the as, world. Yeah. The, and, the, and the world, too. I mean, everyone's going, oh, my God, this guy, what's he going to do? Yeah, already, it's destabilizing. It's It's making everybody nervous, on edge. There's not that sense. I mean, even when... When Barack Obama was elected, we like to think about, oh, well, the Tea Party rose up and they started all these protests with their lawn chairs sitting out in the yard or whatever the hell they were doing. And uh, but there was a sense of of goodwill across the board when Obama became president. There was an excitement. There were there were Republicans going, you know what? This is historic. I'm, I'm glad I'm alive in a time in which. An African-American man with the name Barack Obama can become president of the United States. That was going on. 
There's not that kind of goodwill with Donald Trump, and nor does he no. deserve it. I mean, he believes that we ought to just naturally hand him over our respect. You know what? F*** that. He's got to fucking earn it. He's got to do something to earn our respect, because so far he hasn't done a goddamn thing to earn our respect. He won an election because the Russians decided to stick their noses into this whole thing. Yeah. And by the way, that's another thing that's not getting covered. I mean, that's a huge what the fuck is this yeah. moment? Yeah, the yeah. When when the uh, when people who actually work for the government say that yeah look Russia specifically tried to throw this election and they did they yeah won. yeah the director of the NSA stepped forward and said the Russians stepped in this was a nation state sticking its nose into an American election and obviously this was not a confirmation of any sort of meddling or hacking on election day but there was it doesn't need to be when you when you're hacking everything up until election day does it really matter whether you actually hack election day yeah you know and there are some indicators I don't want to go down that road I don't necessarily get conspiratorial about it but uh, I, I do think that anyone who's looking at what happened on Election Day has a right to be suspicious. I mean, if they are, I mean, on one hand, yes. On one hand, it was, you know, something that, uh, well, if they're hacking the election throughout the entire campaign, why even bother with Election Day if you've flummoxed the election so far to that point? Um, but, you know, uh, the, the opposite side of that is to say, well, you know, if they hack the entire election, why not hack on Election Day? Who knows? Who knows? These Russian hackers, they, I mean, I don't know if they have any sort of moral compass, do they? Uh, I would doubt it. To say no? I don't know. All right. Well, we're going to take a, uh, we're gonna, we just blew right on past the second break. We were just going to skip on through to the third break. We're going to take a break and come back with more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted this on uh, Sunday. I watched parts of NBC SNL Saturday Night Live last night. It is a totally one-sided, biased show. Nothing funny at all. <laughs> because it's a comedy show, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah, it's equal time for us? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, I'm writing about that right now. Yeah. Please bring, by all means, Mr. Trump. <laughs> Bring back the fairness doctrine. You want yeah, equal time? I, bring I wrote back the, my, the headline of my piece is Trump wants equal time to respond to comedy that mocks him. Trump can go f*** himself. <laughs> 
for God's sake. And then he tweets. And by the way, and by the way, God, I will never call him President Trump. Yeah. I will never call. It will just be Trump. It will never be Mr. Trump. Trump. F- you, you don't get, you know, or Donald. You don't get the fucking uh, uh, honorary. Right. Well, here's, piece of shit. You could come up with a funny nickname for him. Like, like he came up with the nickname for uh, for uh, General Mattis. He tweets here, General James Mad Dog Mattis who is being considered for Secretary of Defense, was very impressive yesterday. A, tr- a true general's general, he tweeted. <laughs> they also tweeted... Il, Il Duche. Right, right. God, for God's sake. He said here also, uh, numerous patriots will be coming to Bedminster today as I continue to fill out the various positions necessary to make America great again. Oh, dear God. And, you know, he actually, he actually ended up deleting one of his Hamilton tweets. I don't yeah, know if know. you noticed that. But... After he becomes president, it's going to be illegal to delete any of that crap. He's not going to be able to delete a damn thing. Or he will, I assure you, actually. Now, yeah, now that I really think about it, he will. Well, I mean, why? Why not? Who, we have a president who tweets. Yeah. Who's, who's basically a Twitter troll. Yeah, he's a Twitter troll. That's exactly, that's all That's all he is. We've been saying that for a year and a half now. That Donald Trump is a Twitter troll and people think he should be president. That's what's amazing to me. I don't care. I don't care what is going on in your life. I, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. it's hard to be out of work. I was, st- right. I was so utterly screwed by the Great Recession, utterly screwed in every way you can be screwed during a recession. I think the only bad thing that didn't happen to me is I didn't end up going to prison or anything like that. But all the other downsides of a recession that you that can occur that I experienced most of them. But, you know, look, you don't run out as a consequence of your own situation. You don't run out and vote for a crazy person. You'll say, well, okay, well, you know, I can't, I, the, uh, the, the Ford plant or whatever, the, the factory left town and, oh, my God, I, you know, I need to vote for a clown for president. That, that's a good idea. Right. <laughs> That'll yeah. fix things. Jesus Christ. But you know what? That's just it. It's not, and this is why, this is why I need sort of a clown version of the Imperial March because... You know, it's it's one of those things that it's it's a little both. It's clownish and it's horrifying all at the same time. And I guess it was a week ago Friday. I was watching the Rachel Maddow show, and she did this. In fact, it was the entire show that was just it'll turn your hair white. It was terrifying. It was maybe her best show that I, I can remember. But it was also a terrifying show because she detailed all the ways in which Donald Trump is becoming uh, an autocrat, basically ushering in autocracy in the United States, which is basically one guy running everything, yeah. controlling everything, arresting dissidents, you know, jailing journalists, things like that. You say, well, wh- how do we know that, that Trump is going to be that way? Well, he, that's how he campaigned. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, Trump engaged in uh, a, a, a jihad against press freedom, threatening yeah, when journalists. Somebody, and, what's the Maya Angelou quote? When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Exactly. It's that it's simple. Exa- exactly right. And he's talked about jailing journalists. He's discussed opening up unconstitutional libel laws. You know, he's banned publications like the Washington Post and the New York Times from his press pool. I mean, Sh- Sean Hannity called on Trump to ban the press entirely from the White House. I don't know if he's actually going to do that, but it's, it's possible. I mean, Sean Hannity wants it. Trump also Amazing. discussed uh, imprisoning political opponents, Hillary, famously Hillary Clinton, of I, you course. Know what? I, how, did, how did we get this way? 
Think about it for a second. How did someone like Sean Hannity, the 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 supposed you know the guy who sucks the dick of Ronald Reagan, or did night after night yeah. after night, you know, Ew. who extolled who extolled the 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 uh, um, at every single turn the greatness of the American system, yeah. which was you know America. America was it was those other people, you know, the leftists who wanted communism and wanted authoritarianism, and now you know, and now look at it yeah what the fuck is going on yeah that's just it i mean what we're ha- what we're seeing now is um and, you know in the past the democrats have really i mean this all the signature achievements of the last hundred years have all been democratic achievements social security medicare defeating the nazis defeating imperial japan these were all things that democrats did uh democrats created obamacare etc cetera, etc cetera. democrats rescued the economy from a world calamity you know, and the Republicans are going to get in and what are they going to do? They're going to undo all of those things. Paul Ryan's going to try to voucherize Medicare. Think about how insane this is, Chaz. Paul Ryan's solution for Obamacare is this. Private insurance policies bought on the, on the free market and paid for partly with subsidies from the government. What does that sound like? Hmm, what could it be? Obamacare is what it sounds like. You know, I should do like the, uh, I should do the Satan thing. I have an echo machine here. I can just do this. Obamacare? (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. He's going to turn Medicare into Obamacare, and then he's going to repeal Obamacare. This doesn't make any any sense whatsoever. You know, but I'm getting ahead of myself because the the healthcare thing, that's something I'm going to be covering extensively. And I do want to talk about that at length. But I I just I want to fill out the Donald Trump as the uh, autocratic president uh, (laughs) qualifications here. I mean, he's also talked about solving crime in week one, like somehow he's going to do this. But how is he going to do this? He's going to be uh, augmenting his level of authoritarianism, his control over the people using military and law enforcement. That's what's going to happen. Of course, he's going to turn. He's going to turn agencies like the NSA and the CIA onto American citizens now. Because what what's going to stop him? He's solving crime. He's trying to make America right. great yeah, again. Exactly. Why oppose him? You know what I mean? He's threatening to engage in unilateral warfare to retaliate against people who give obscene finger gestures. For God's sake, he's pledged to to uh, continue violating the Geneva Conventions by uh, by using torture. For God's sake, he refused to inform the public about his military plans, believing that unpredictable sneak attacks and secret wars are awesome. This is what he's doing. He's talked about getting bring, elevating John Bolton as Secretary of State. You know, uh, he's going to deport American citizens. That's really autocratic. And what's he going to do if he's backed into a corner? If if he's embarrassed by a news story, or he's denied some sort of policy goal? How will he react when members of Congress or the Supreme Court repudiate something that he wants? Is there anything in Trump's character, anything that Trump has done throughout the campaign, knowing what we know, that would lead us to believe that Trump will just sit back and take it? No, of course no not. way. He will not sit back and take it. He will abuse his power and he will abuse it against anyone who opposes him, even people who voted for him. Yes. You've given an extraordinary amount of power to somebody who is guaranteed to abuse it, to somebody who is a who has no impulse control and is yeah. an authoritarian. That's right. And one of the things he's going to do 
to screw even the people who supported him. And this leads us back around to healthcare and Obamacare and, and Medicare. Mike Pence on uh, Fox News Sunday yesterday said that uh, uh, decisions have been made by the president-elect that he wants to focus out of the gate on repealing Obamacare, period, Pence said on Fox News Sunday. So the first thing is going to be repealing Obamacare. This is the incoming administration, and it's 60 million voters saying, you know what, Bob and Chez, you guys can't have health care anymore. Why? I don't know. You just It's because it's got the name Obama on it. Right. That's that's exactly what they're planning to do. 20 million people have health care policies purchased through Obamacare. People who didn't have health insurance prior to 2010. And now they have it. And most of them like it. And now people who have nothing to do with Obamacare, mind you, there were 60 million people who voted for Donald Trump. Most of those 60 million people don't have Obamacare policy, don't have to deal with healthcare.gov or any of the nightmarish things they talk about, they, they right. seem to allude to. The fact is that people who don't have to bother with Obamacare are telling us who like Obamacare that we can't have it anymore because because Obama's name is, yeah, is attached and that's, and to the nickname. Exactly. It's because his name is on it. It's just it's nothing but a f you to their political enemies. That's right. That's right. And, and the only thing stopping them from fully repealing Obamacare is the fact that they would be stripping 20 million people of their health care, things that they like. And really, when it comes right down to it, there are structural things within Obamacare to also make it impossible to do what Trump wants to do. And we, all, we, all we can do is really base uh, our, our projections on what Trump actually says, which is in the 60 Minutes interview with Leslie Stahl, he did say that he's going to keep the pre-existing conditions or, as Leslie Stahl put it, the preconditions. <laughs> part of Obamacare and then Trump so this, this is part of the problem we have a professional journalist named Leslie Stahl who calls it pre are you going to keep preconditions in the law what the fuck <laughs> dude we're so doomed and, and then and then Donald Trump says yes I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the preconditions because that's very very popular it's very tremendous it's the best part of the law that's what he says and then you know what he says he says I'm also gonna keep the part about children living with their parents the part about children living with their parents. Yeah, that's, I mean, again, everything with him is so incredibly vague because he pays attention. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. Of course, he's referring to kids being able to stay on their parents' insurance policy until right. age 26. Doesn't matter whether they live with their parents. They can live yeah. wherever the hell they want. Right. Until they're 26 years old, they can stay on their parents' insurance policy as a dependent. That's what the law says. But he says it's about kids who live with God, their I parents. Miss those days. Those were good days. What days? When I was on my parents' insurance. Oh, policy. I know. I remember that. That was a wonderful. Yeah, I remember that. And I was on, I think I was on my parents' policy until like age 23, maybe. I mean, it was really deep into my 20s. I yeah, mean, just it, was, relatively. it was for me too, because I was, you know, you know what? No, it was, it was until probably until I was about 20. I want to say 20. Yeah. But you know what? It probably was 23 because that's when I finally started making enough money to where I could actually afford insurance. Leslie Stahl says preconditions. Oh my God. Or actually what it was is that I, is that I, I got, I think at 23 is when I got the, no, like I can't even remember now. Yeah. I mean, I don't that's remember. How I, fuck, I, that's how screwed up I am. Uh, whenever, whenever I got to work full time at WSVN, which I think happened at the end, like, like 
at the end of my 22nd year on this planet, I think that's, uh, I think that's when, when I finally was able to, to get insurance. Yeah, exactly. That's, I remember being desperate to get, uh, another job because I was in radio at the time, but I didn't have a full time radio job. I worked right. full time hours, but it wasn't technically a full time oh, job. Exactly. So I didn't get benefits. So I had exactly. to, that's when I went to B104 in Allentown and was doing FM radio. That's when I had to take a stupid radio name, <laughs> which was awful. What was your radio name? They, they made me, oh God, this is a whole other story. Oh, this is awesome. The program director made me refer to myself as Stretch Cunningham. Do you believe that That is. I was Stretch Cunningham. Why? Because I'm tall. And you know how tallness translates on the radio. I was going to say, and, and obviously all those listeners out there could see that. I know. They all said, oh, he, he's Stretch Cunningham clearly because he's tall. I can, I can I can hear the tallness in his voice. The way he plays that Ace of Bass song twice an hour. Total tall guy right there. As we, um, as we, uh, as we uh, you know, our little diversion here. <laughs> that's okay. I'll talk about radio over Donald Trump any day. Uh, but yeah, but so that's why, because I had to get on, I had to get my own health insurance because I was getting booted off my, my uh, dad's insurance policies. So here's the thing. You can't take out the pre-existing condition thing. You can't, you, or I, I should say, you can't keep the pre, pre-existing condition language in the law unless you then keep the mandate if you're going to have coverage for people with pre pre-existing conditions you have to have the mandate otherwise people as soon as they get a pre-existing condition will then just buy insurance at that point right so therefore you have to force everyone to buy insurance so, so people won't gain the got, system so you basically have obamacare you basically have obamacare and if you keep the mandate in the law because you have to have the mandate to keep the pre-existing condition language if you keep the mandate in the law you also have to keep the subsidies because you're not going to make someone who's scraping by with part-time jobs at $18,000 a year or whatever it is, you can't make them buy their own insurance for $500 a month. You can't do that. So therefore, you have to keep the subsidies so they can afford to buy the insurance that you're mandating. Do you understand, you idiot, you screeching circus peanut Donald Trump? This is You can't have one thing without the other things. And he's going to find out the hard way. The Republicans are going to find out that either they repeal it and they take their licks, 20 million people beating down their doors, including me, with torches and pitchforks, suddenly uninsured, many of us with conditions like cancer or just surviving a car accident or some other tragedy that has befallen them. And then suddenly you say, well, you can't have your health insurance anymore. Can you imagine the repercussions of that. And there's maybe a, an 80, 20 chance that they're actually going to do that. They're actually going to repeal without replacing. And what are they going to replace with? Probably something exactly the same. And it's going to take them a long time. It's not going to happen right away. You know, and that's why they can't repeal. Donald Trump may think he's, or Paul Ryan might think, oh, we're going to repeal on day one. And then we're going to come up with some sort of replacement. Good effing luck you have to re repeal and replace at the same time if you're gonna go down that road mm. because otherwise i mean the shock waves the health insurance lobby the the pharmaceutical lobby i doubt they're going to allow a repeal to actually take place because every because it will screw everything up royally you've got 20 million people looped into the system with deep roots and a and a system now that has been fundamentally altered by the passage of obamacare all yeah. kinds of other things you talk about uh trump voters screwing themselves royally maybe not all of them have obamacare 
but a lot of them have Medicare. And what did Obama do, um, Obamacare do for Medicare? Obamacare extended the solvency of Medicare by 11 years. Obamacare also started to close the Medicare Part D donut hole for prescription drug coverage. You know, at the toward the end of the year, before Obamacare, there used to be a gap in coverage where seniors would have to pay for their own prescription drugs out of pocket. So what they were doing is they were either going out, going without their medication or breaking their medication in half, or going broke, or just charging their medication and going deep into debt. Yeah, Obamacare started to close that coverage gap and make it smaller. It still exists. People still have to deal with it, but it's phasing it out. You take away Obamacare, boom. There go, there's the donut hole again, as wide as can be. You know, there are all kinds of horrible, horrible repercussions. And already every fact checking organization is doing what they what what has been done since Obamacare was passed, which is to tell the Republicans and tell Paul Ryan, no, Obamacare doesn't ruin Medicare. Obamacare uh, uh, strengthens Medicare. Right. Glenn Kessler, Washington Post, gave Paul Ryan four Pinocchios for for just this past week saying that uh, Obamacare is destroying Medicare. Now, the only one, the only people destroying Medicare are the congressional Republicans and Paul Ryan. Totally. That's exactly what's going on. Lots to say about this. I mean, I, I have a hard time not being completely contemptuous, completely resentful. Whether I, I know people or or I don't, if you're a Trump supporter, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. We may know each other. We may not know each other. Yeah. If you voted for Donald Trump, I swear to God, I am not going to be able to soft pedal my contempt for you. Because no, I've, you- I've dropped I've dropped a lot of Facebook friends. I yeah. love people I really care about. Uh, just because my attitude is like this is not a regular election. This is not what you think it is. This is not left versus right. That's right. Well, and, and the bottom line here is there are people who are saying to me there are sixty million people who are telling you they're telling me that you can't have health insurance. You can't continue to have the policy that you've been paying for every month for the last several years. And so, therefore, if you have a heart attack. Now, I'm 45 years old, going to be 46 years old. Nothing bad ever happens to 46-year-old white men, does it? Oh, like like cancer or heart attacks or any sort of bad <laughs> bad things happen to older men. That just I'm just thinking for myself here. I'm being selfish about this. And 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 Trump and his supporters and Paul Ryan and the Republicans are saying, "No, Bob. You know what? You get sick, you're f- you're totally. You're going to go bankrupt trying to pay for it. Well, you know what? I'm. I'm glad there's so many Trump supporters who uh, have some money because uh, I hope you maybe leave your address or something so I can send you my medical bills. You think? Oh no, 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 no! You can't have health insurance. Well, someone's going to have to pay. Someone's going to have to pay. And what happened before Obamacare? People who didn't have insurance going to the emergency room and then stiffing the hospitals, raising raising the costs of medical care in the United States because there is no insurance affects everybody. People start going to the emergency room when they get sick, that affects you. Even though you have insurance, it's going to affect your life in some way, Trump voter, you idiot. Yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) Postmortem show coming up next. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. We'll be back on Wednesday with another free show. We'll see you then, folks. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye.